uh, g'day one, g'day all. Uh, I'm going to put a bit of Max Egan on, and um, he's being interviewed by a lady by the name of Miriam Hennen. And this is a bit of a unique one because I usually only play Max when he's doing his usual his usual talks. And um, I interject here and there if I find the need to just add something or just, you know, comment on something he says. So it's sort of like a three-way maybe party here on this one. Um, she's from, you can find her over actually on Rumble. Her main um, channel is Truth Lives Here, all in one word, or rumble.com. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, rumble.com slash C slash truth lives here, all in capital, the last bit. Uh, I'm not sure, I haven't heard this one myself yet, so hey, welcome to the room, short. I haven't heard this one myself yet, so I'm just going to play it along. Um, he's, you can find Max if you really like his sort of content and his perspective on life. You can find him over on, um, obviously, thecrowhouse.com is his main website. Or if you want to see what he looks like or his walking presentations, you can find him on BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble. Just type in the Crow House, and you shouldn't have a problem actually coming across him. Now, I'm not sure. Um, her name rings a bell. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've heard her presentations before uh, when she interviews people but I'm going to just um, let it roll so you know I haven't heard it myself yet I thought it'd be a bit unique and I might be able to shoot some things and thoughts that come to mind as it goes along um, so I'm not sure the actual question she's going to be asking him but it's obviously making sense of the madness at hand at this day and age no doubt and probably some of his past perspectives and thoughts of where he's come to today. I'm not sure how she's going to structure the interview with him or if they've even met before. So it's a bit of a rabbit hole for me and it's something new and refreshing. So I thought it'd be something nice and a change to see what he's like as um, being interviewed because most of the shows or just about all of them I present on here, he's usually just um, yeah doing his own rants and skits. Right, this is about to start in a minute. Enjoy. Let's see where it goes. Miriam I'm just trying to get this volume balanced out right. Okay. We suddenly saw the traffic go down. That's down, about it. Down, huh? I wonder if Google has any links to Big Pharma. It's wavering so in and out at the moment, so I'm just wait till it balances into the show. Do they know something we don't about GMOs? There's a confusion and blaming just Monsanto when it's really need to look at Bayer and Syngenta. These poisons aren't just killing bees, but also killing beings. I'm saying that this is the virus that's in Crywolf. Are you afraid of it doesn't say how long this broadcast goes for. We'll see how we go. I'd say at least an hour, and we might have a call in line after that if people are still around. Hey, welcome to the room. All good to see you. Thanks, Short. I really appreciate the feedback there, mate. Yep, we really do. Happy Monday. Hello, hello. We are live. 
joined for another episode of Truth Lives Here with the one and only Max Egan. Welcome, Max. Happy New Year to you. We can't hear you. Uh -huh. Happy New Year, Miriam. Really good to uh, talk to you again. Thanks for inviting me on. Yes, I haven't seen you since last year at Anarchopoco, and it's been quite the year. Uh, so I see you have Los Cuervos, the, the, the banner from the cafe behind you. Yeah, so, yeah, I managed to keep the sign. That's about the only thing that I kept from a few speakers and things, but uh, yeah, I kept the sign just for us. Uh, Gideon, I just said an hour probably after, and we'll have call-ins. If you can't work that out, mate, you may as well go and, um, you know, watch the Muppets or something, okay? And no, we don't donate to PayPal here. You've got to go to another show for that, all right? Okay, let's just get that straight. Move along. See you later. Nostalgia, you know? So last year, Max was manning and owning a, a bar. It was very, very busy. So but people would all gather at the end of the, every day of the festival of the um, Anarchopoco. So it was really awesome. And I heard you say that you might be managing a bar for a couple months. Well, there's the, the people that I'm sharing a house with uh, have got it in mind that we should open a place for a couple of months, which would be good because that would mean there's six of us and I don't actually have to be there all the time. And Max is actually down in, um, he's down in, uh, bloody hell, I've got the name now. Um, oh, wow. Where's Tick from? Um, oh, what the hell? What a brain freeze. Anyway. Mexico, that's the one. Mexico, oh bloody hell, get with it, mate. <laughs> and I would probably only he's Australian, but he's down in Mexico, living be, at the moment. You know, a place for us to all gather after the event, so there's a good chance that will be happening. But so I won't be kind of running it the way I was last year, so it'd be a lot better, you know. So Max, you were. Let's tell the audience. Obviously, people I hope know about Otis that you were in America, and I was literally about to send a newsletter about an Arcapulco. And it was going from a three to a five, and I had to like abort the newsletter because it would be in very bad taste, and I didn't know what was happening. So, can you share with the audience your way and what's what's the status now? Well, yeah, there's a lot of damage here still, but a lot of it's coming back online. I mean, Secret Garden, where we hold the event, was was pretty wiped out. Everything was was pretty wiped out. My house was okay. My street outside the house was literally thigh deep in broken branches for the entire street it was crazy a lot of roofs down a lot of high rises damaged a lot of buildings in acapulco damaged all of the poor area of acapulco got pretty well wiped out because they're very substandard housing some of those places but on the whole i mean it's coming back okay bonfield where i live is is pretty good uh a lot of the, the buildings some of them are damaged but so it's not too bad but it was interesting because i was in san diego and i was actually going to come back to Acapulco, and I changed my mind at the last minute. I was lucky I had a I think it's United, United Airlines ticket, and you can change them within three hours of the flight. You can still change your ticket. And so I changed the ticket to Texas, and I just decided I'd go to Texas for the day, and I did that oh, for a couple of days, and I did that. Had I come home to Acapulco, the hurricane actually hit that night. So wow. I kind of just got this uh, intuitive message not to go home, you know. And uh, the hurricane actually hit. Acapulco directly where my house is. It was remarkable. 
like if you track the the um, track the hurricane and track its path, the eye of the hurricane hit on my house, which is probably why it wasn't so damaged. I mean, it, of course, it goes through the strong winds, but I had that little lull in the middle. Where and it's, I've been uh, to your house. I mean, I know which house you're talking about. Actually, it's a new house. Oh, okay. So I haven't. Been I don't to live it. in that same house anymore. Okay. I live uh, on the other side of the road, but. Uh, yeah, it, it hit directly on the house. So it was remarkable that I, I chose to stay away from it. He, he, um, he skipped that one pretty quick, didn't he? <clears throat> we, yeah, well, we don't want to talk about that. We'll talk about that one off air. <laughs> Joking. That night. And, of course, it's all been pretty wiped out. I mean, there's still only one gate at the airport. You can't fly directly into Acapulco the way you could from internationally <laughs> because the customs area isn't there, so you've got to come in through Mexico City. Yeah. Well, the whole looks pretty good. They've done a lot of work at the Secret Garden, so that's coming along. And, uh, yeah, it's all going to be good. Looking forward to this year, like yes, next month. It's only, only a month away. It'd be it's great. Yeah. I, I have to fly into Mexico. It's like a 10-hour flight, whereas last year I was able to fly straight into Acapulco. So do you, have you heard any – are are they going to turn it into a smart city? Or are they looking to – have people left? Did people just leave? Well, no, a lot of people are still there. I mean, some people left the area, but a lot of people are still here. I mean, all the locals are here, of course. Um, I don't know whether they're going to turn into a smart city or not. I mean, they're just getting it back rebuilt at the moment. I mean, uh, most of the worst affected places were really a lot of the... Acapulco, guys, if you've ever visited Mexico, go and have a look at that place. Absolutely amazing place, like a little mini paradise, man. No wonder why they make Mexico out to be a bad place. I think it's to keep all the freaking invaders out and the bloody tourists and that, I think. Well, the people from moving there. It's a bit like when you find a good fishing spot. Where'd you catch that fish we were telling about? A kilometre away from where you actually caught them. <laughs> the resorts, apart from the substandard housing. But, you know, Acapulco itself is coming back online okay. Uh, like I said, out here in Longfield, it's pretty good. Although I still don't have a phone line to this house. I've got a really dodgy internet connection here so uh, i'm glad you're with us so you're, you're connecting through your your cell well i've got a we've got a starlink modem i borrowed a starlink modem and we've got a cell phone hooked up to my to the starlink and my big computer is tethered to the cell phone so that's that's how it's kind of working at the moment it's really really touch and go still but, I mean, it's only certain areas. Other places in Bonfield, I think, have got the phone lines on, so it shouldn't be too long before it's back on here. Um, the National Guard's been really good. They've been helping people out. Jeff Bowie did an amazing job as well, got a lot of supplies into people, and is still doing that, I think. <coughs> this place looked like a, a warehouse, honestly. Like I was staying up there for a, about four days. Because I got moved out of where I was, one of my flatmates just decided that it was too dangerous here to stay here, so he moved me out while I was away, moved oh, me to wow. Mexico City. And uh, obviously, that's the last place I want to be in Mexico. And it took me a couple of weeks to actually get back here to Acapulco to find the place wasn't badly damaged at all where I'm living. And uh, so it's been really kind of touch and go for me. But uh, I did eventually get back here. And it's all going to work out. I mean, things things happen the way they do. And it's just going to work out. It'll be good. The conference is going to be good. A lot of accommodations coming back online. So it's going to be great. Yeah, I, I am very much... Looking forward to joining. Are you going to be speaking? Yeah, I'll be speaking. And like you say, I won't be so busy this year. I won't be doing all this stuff at the bar, so I'll actually have time for people. We'll see you at the after parties, which were, I mean, I had such a good time, such good good people. I'll be speaking on my topic will be health censorship in a techno-fascist age and how to navigate 
for truth. Um, okay. So I have in, no idea what I'll be talking about. Oh, yeah, I was I'll, just going to ask you. I'll figure you... it out on the day, you know. Depends on what happens between now and then. The world's moving so quickly. It's just crazy. Aliens in Miami, all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, right, right in that. my backyard. Right. You see that report? It's crazy. What was I was going to ask you what, what, if you had heard about it. It's crazy. I don't know what to think about that. There's, there's talk that someone took a machine there and opened a portal. There's video that surfaced of some sort of a portal opening. You don't know whether this stuff's real right. or whether it's special effects. You'd think that someone would have had a camera and, and taken, you know, photographed and filmed these allegedly eight to ten tall aliens walking around. All we get is a couple of vague shadows and a couple of uh, videos, and a, a black and white video of what is alleged to be a portal opening. Strange, but you had like a hundred police cars roll up, and they're saying it was because some kids were fighting or some kids were letting it's off fireworks, or and helicopters and hundreds yeah, so, of police cars. So because cars of the, the response, there were people who were wondering if it was some type of exercise, and and I was listening to a space where the guy said that this man was saying that he was there, and he went to take the phone, and everything was scrambled, and they weren't able to to use their their phones and that's the reason they're giving as to you know why there's okay. a well i suppose if, if someone opens some sort of interdimensional electromagnetic portal i suppose that would uh, stand to reason but then like i say there is some video footage of what appears to be a portal opening up which is kind of really weird yeah. so i mean whether it's just a special effect that someone did in a, in a graphics program you just don't know these days so that's the problem and I think we're going to see a lot of that, like not knowing what's real or what's not. Like even watching um, Kevin Spacey, he, he, he was presenting as Frank Underwood and he's doing an entire um, interview and you don't know what's real. You don't know what's what's not. I'm doing research on anthrax and was watching a Netflix and it's a documentary, but there's acting in it and they're, I know the story and they're completely lambasting the story. So I think that's going to be a theme of like, what is real, what is not. And then, you know, you were talking to JC about, you know, growing your soul. And this is, and I agree with you, this is about our consciousness. And I wanted you to talk about, about that and the concept of growing your soul and, and consciousness amongst all these NPCs that I'm witnessing. <clears throat> Well, there seems to be a lot. I mean, as I've said before, some of the research that I did when, and when I was back in Australia, some of the people I was in contact with in Russia were suggesting that uh, 90 to 99% of the people on Earth are NPCs. They're simply, they're not real human beings. They're just like biological avatars with some form of consciousness driving it that thinks it's a human being, but it's not. And I question whether they've done these resets before and they've literally stolen people's consciousness and kept it in a mainframe somewhere you know i mean what i've spoken about before and so many times is this is an electrical universe everything is electromagnetic everything you experience is electrical you touch taste sound it's just electrical impulses that are picked up by the brain yeah you know, as i explained in the matrix when morpheus was sitting there saying well what is real you know and because that's exactly what it's like you know and if you've got an antenna in your body which is literally harvesting your consciousness from the field which is what appears to be happening. I mean, you know, your consciousness is not local to your body. It exists outside your body and you literally bring it into your this vessel that you inhabit in order to experience reality. You know, if they come along and they give you a swab, a PCR, and they collect some of your antenna, 
and they put it on their mainframe. And I was showing in films, you know, I put out in 2009, 2010, how they're making circuit boards out of uh, um, um, DNA and they, um, they're able to grow brain cells on circuit boards now. They're, they're sort of morphing it all together, bringing it all together, biology and technology. They're morphing it all. I, <clears throat> I will stop it here and there just to add a little bit. I've been going right into the consciousness side of things. I bought up a, a couple of good shows, one, one, one in particular, I forget the title of it, now going back about whoosh, probably 15 shows back um, about that sort of thing, you know, where is the consciousness pretty much and all that. And I've been thinking more and more about it. And the interesting one that I find is the astral travel side of things or when you leave your body, so to speak, when you have a trauma. And a lot of people talk that when they leave their body, they're roughly or when they even astral travel, they always around about the ceiling level or they come back behind their body and they're looking at their self. And I've noticed a characteristic on this, and it seems to be about a six-foot radius. Now, it's interesting because um, a lot of people say that the aura of your energies um, pretty much circumference you in a six-foot radius, pretty much as far out just past your fingers of your, um, you know, if you put your arms right out, you know, and all around you in that regard. So we can pick up on vibrations and things. And some say it's actually a lot more, you know, um, nearly triple that, um, how far that our energies go. And there's different theories on it, but the this is the consciousness part. I wonder if it's virtually like a second person. Sounds a bit woohoo. Um, that is our consciousness in that realm of picking up the ether and um, information and that, that processes it through to our actual brain stems and our brain networks. Because um, there is definitely some sort of division, even if you look at um, people with virtually no brain that have got these things that they can actually um, still do in life and that. And um, where this the ether and all these other issues come from, it's, look at it sort of like an antenna. It's a processing unit that brings it from there to there, you know what I mean? And it depends on your physical vi vibrational um, status and, and emotional um, stability that whether you can actually pick up on those frequencies a bit like dialing in with crystals that sort of thing things i'm just thinking about never really heard much of the theory at all apart from trying to put all the dots together and come up with my own conclusions on these and to me it's sort of starting to make a lot of sense where i'm going with it so i just want to add that while it come to mind as well all right back to max bring it all together into one thing you've seen th things such as the uh the, the talk that was done by Dr. Charles Morgan at West Point, where he's talking about the possession experiment, how they can literally drive other people's bodies. They've just got to put this stuff in there, and then they can drive you. There was one guy sitting in a room typing, and the guy in the next room was making the hand movements because they were literally driving the other guy's body. This is all mainstream stuff that they can what do. Was the, what was it called, the experiment? <laughs> the possession experiment, they called it. <laughs> You can go on to um, onto BitChute and just look up Dr. Charles Morgan. It's mm. uh, he's in a, I think he's in a brown suit or it's a brown background. And it's a presentation in West Point in 2018 where they talk about how they're able to literally interface electromagnetically with, with other people by simply putting a substance in their body. And this is 2018. And this is a, a lecture to West Point Military School. Yeah. You know, this isn't any type of conspiracy theory. This is six years ago they were able to do this. So what can they do now? You know? But like I was saying before, if they come along and they give you a swab, they, they harvest that, that antenna from your body, then they come along and they give you a jab, which is an mRNA jab, which changes the antenna in your body. So they tune you to a different station. So now 
that swab they got, that DNA, which is you, is now on the circuit board. So now they are harvesting your frequency onto their circuit board, and now they're sending a new frequency back to your body because <laughs> they put a new antenna in there. Pretty so similar to where I was just coming across. Interesting. To harvest your consciousness before it gets to your body. Synchronicity. Well, you're finding a lot of people have had the jab are all parenting the same lines. And people are saying, well, it's my sister. It looks like my sister, sounds like my sister, and it's still Thanks. her. There's something different about her, you know. I think this is, this is what they're able to do. And I would suggest maybe they've done that before. And that's how they are controlling people. That's, that's why you can't wake most of these people up because they got them on the last reset. So I think they've done all this before. I don't think any of the technology we're using is real. I mean, is new. You've seen lots of photographs and drawings and things of people who appear to be using cell phones. Some of the technology we had in the 1800s was remarkable. And it's stuff we don't have now. And I think they've done all this before. I don't think any of this is new. I think they harvest more of human consciousness every time and move us further and further away from what we're capable of and what it means to be human, you know? I think it's been an ongoing thing for, for centuries they've been doing this. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think they're nanoforming the earth that they've done it before. <laughs> Maybe it's at a different level, the, the, the technology, like a spiral, like every reset, it, it's a little bit different, but I, I'm not sure. I do think personally there's been resets. There was a, a woman, I think her name is Sabrina. She's on Odyssey. And she says that when she was young, she, her parents were in the military, they were poor, and they sold her as a child to do experiments, and that there is the capability to be able to go in and remote control into people, and uh, that that technology exists, but it seems so still, despite all the craziness, sci-fi to people. Also, as far as like people are still here, but they're not the same, like what came to me is that, you know, they're going after the hearts, and they've kept people like in their lower chakra. So they're not in their heart. They're not in their throat. They're not in their third eye accessing their vision and their intuition, their pineal gland. And they're not tapped into source. It's all like lower level, yeah. just hedonism. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, all, all basic lower level physicality. It's all about personal pleasure and physical pleasure. You know, no real spiritual understandings. You know, as I was explaining when I was talking to JC, if, if you think about the what makes you you, that, that I am, you know, I am here, I am alive, I exist. You know, that's, that's what attaches you to the higher triune being. You know, that, that I am, that, that life, that attaches you to that triune being in this physicality. You know, you'd be attached to your soul because you are aware that you exist. Yeah, without that awareness that you exist, well, your soul wouldn't be attached to your physicality. You would just be in that ether as part of the energy field. <clears throat> but if they come along and they can manipulate you and put this antenna in your body, and, and I've often speculated as well, the people that are dying suddenly, do they know they're dying? I mean, they look like they die to us, but do they know that they're dying? Right. Are they simply cutting off that signal? Are they existing in a virtual reality and they don't know it? Are we already in a virtual reality and we don't know it? How many lines down the virtual reality are we? You know, we create this reality and we seem to be fixated on creating a, a sub-reality within it, like a virtual reality within this reality. Have we already done that? How many layers down are we already? Yeah. You know, and if they were to do that to you, well, if they were to still do that to you and you were still attached to that I am and you existed in a virtual reality and you're not in this reality anymore, would you know that? And would your soul still be attached to that? And they talk about the well of souls. 
the well of souls, which is you need a lot of souls in the well of souls to create the, the power you need to bring this being that they want to bring into being to make it alive. It needs that energy of those souls. You know, is that what they're doing? Are we already there? You know, these are interesting questions. But yeah. I think a lot of this is a soul harvest. A lot of this is is you, know, you you get a choice whether to comply. Everything that they they give you to do that you know is wrong, and you comply with it anyway. You give away a little bit more of your soul. You give away more of what it means to be you. You know, how much are you prepared to give away? And the reason we give it away eventually is to avoid death because we're scared they're going to come and hurt us if we if we don't do what we're told. Well, the one part about life which is guaranteed is you're going to die. What is what is your soul state going to be when you reach that death? I mean, I would prefer to die now intact than right. to give away everything it means to be alive and, and, and leave this realm with nothing left. You know, I've given away everything. I've given away all it means to be me to other external authorities. You know, what What's left of me? What is there to even come back for? You know, if that's what you're going to do, I would suggest this is an exam. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you think this is, this is all a test? Yeah, it's a soul test. It's an exam. It's, it's like a real event comes after you. Know, how, how strong are you? How much are you prepared to give away of your life in order to avoid death, which is the one part of life which is inevitable? You know? So, yeah, we'll do all this stuff just to stay in the prison a little bit longer. Please don't hurt me. You know, do everything we can to, to remain alive because we're so scared of what comes after it. But that's actually the main event. You know, we talk to fear. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So I think a lot of this is a soul test. It's an exam. And you know, so what we're in really is a time of, of huge opportunity where we've got the, the, the possibility to see the matrix for what it is and to stand in what we truly are. That's what I see this time as being. Yeah, I agree with you, Max. I think there's people who are in PCs and so there's nobody home, maybe because of the job they got dimmed and there is a harvesting. I would love, um, Jamie, if you could bring up that the article about uh, the simulation and then we could show the little clip, just the, the first minute or so. I'll tell you when to, to stop it. <laughs> there you go, Jeff. Simulation just said it for you. So this just came out, I think few months ago yeah let's just play oh it's nasa oh i think that it might be the it's that's not the video it's not in the article i i synchronicity my i sent the separate link for the youtube yeah there it is thank you point to the bizarre and interesting possibility that we don't live in an objective reality and the entire universe might be just a super advanced virtual reality simulation. My name is... Uh, we can stop it. I just wanted to introduce that to the audience. It's basically what you're saying, kind of like Westworld. And you know the, the Well of, of Souls? Have you seen the movie Seven Sign with Demi Moore? And they talk about... No, I haven't. No. It talks about the, the, you know, there's X amount of souls and... It would make sense because there's some people who are just vacant. I, I don't know. Some people you'll never wake up. You'll never. You can tell them. You can sit two people in front of information, which is the same information, and one person will sit there and get it, and the next person just won't see it. And it's the same as like in Westworld when you show them a, a plan. Here you are. You're a robot. Here's, here's your design, and they look at it and go, I, I can't see anything to see here. You know, they can't see it. You know, and you'll never ever wake them up. And sometimes even if they do see it, as soon as they leave the room, they go straight back into the matrix. 
you know, they just kind of comprehend it because, and, and say they accept it and they see it because it's the socially acceptable thing to do because everyone else is saying they see it, but they really don't, you know. It's, uh, it's crazy, and I think they've done it before. Um, like I said, I mean, I think a lot of that's what a lot of this is about. And you were saying before about um, uh, the nano world and things getting smaller and stuff. I would suggest they've done that every time as well. Every reset, we actually we're a smaller species than what we were. All of the, the talk of giants from the old days, all the monuments with the huge steps and huge doorways, giant books. Giant books are like seven or eight feet tall, a book whole libraries of these things not just novelties you don't just build a library of eight foot books because you want to do that <laughs> you know i mean you need a crane to get these things down off the shelf and read them you know so what are they doing existing i would suggest that they make it smaller every time and uh, i've often said to people i think we're like the fairies we're like tinkerbell but we've mm. lost our wings and we're running around in the long grass and we think that we're big and we think that all these things are trees. I think that the world was, was huge, that the life forms here were huge. Uh, I, don't, I don't agree with the model we're given of what the Earth is. I don't agree with the Flat Earth movement either. I don't agree with any of the, the models of the Earth that we're given so far. But I know one thing, and that's, it's not what they tell us it is. Perhaps it is a virtual reality. Um, perhaps they just find a way, you know, the way we make circuit boards, smaller and smaller and smaller. Like back in the 50s, a, a computer was the size of a, you know, two or three floors of the MIT building, and now it's the size of a cell phone you can fit in your pocket, you know, which is far more powerful than what that computer was. It took up three or four floors of the MIT building. So the way we reduce circuit boards, the way we reduce um, microchips and make everything smaller and smaller and smaller, I think they've done that with us on every reset as well. Interesting concept, but I think yes. that's what they've done. And then you look at the movies like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Mm, yeah, they tell us. They tell us all that stuff. And the other movie, Monsters Inc., where you got those monsters that sit in between realms and harvest the fear energy off the children that they use to build their world. You know, it's uh, they tell us. They tell us what they're doing in all of these films. Do you think, Max? And maybe this is a grim uh, outlook, but it looks like there's more Satan than sacred right now. I, I'm not discounting. There's a lot of good. Maybe it's because of the media and what they show us, but even interacting with people, like there's there's people are not home, they're not embodied, and there's like a vacancy that I, well, they're, I disconnected. they're disconnected from themselves, they're disconnected from everything. I mean, all the connection that the internet's given us, it's basically um, brought about really an isolationist society. We feel like we're connected. Like you and I are sitting here talking to each other, but we're not in the same room. We can't really see each other. We can't smell each other. We don't see the, the proper body language. We, you know, we're not we're not real. And with the filters and stuff you can get now, and TikTok and all sorts of stuff. I mean, you could make yourself look twice as beautiful. I could make my all my wrinkles disappear. So all of this stuff, you know. And if you've been looking at me and you've been seeing this thing that I've been projecting, well, why do I want to meet you in the real world then? Because you'll <laughs> see me for what I really am. And not only will you see that I'm not as beautiful as I've been pretending to be. But you'll see that I've actually been lying to you, you know. So why are we going to do that? So it, it's kind of more isolationist. We think we're connected, but we're not. And people are losing their life skills. You've got kids that are sitting across the room from each other that are texting right. each other because right. they don't right. have the conversation skills, you know. I saw a picture for New Year's, and it was like from the back, everyone in front of the, in New York Square or wherever they do it, and everyone's on their phones, and no one's... <laughs> in the moment enjoying you know the, celebrating the new year and it was it was 
it was a very um it's bizarre it's bizarre you go onto a, a subway or, or a plane or a train or anywhere anymore people don't talk to each other they're all texting on their phones and uh it's just crazy so you know that's what all of this technology has done to us it's, it's basically brought about this isolationist mentality in people but people are afraid to be themselves they're afraid to meet people in the real world because they might actually have to you know look nice the way they presented themselves <coughs> they're afraid of what they look like it's all become very it's virtually um brought us into a neurotic society of compulsive disorders isn't it too um, when you think about the the overall thing about it you know um i've seen some children it's like it's attached to their hand and they, even though they're not using it and um continually compulsively looking at it and um it's a bit like those likes and um all those you get on these social medias it's highly addictive guys they've proven that they've actually got the same um chemicals as like a heroin addict and um very interesting sort of things that these children have gone through and going through as well i mean especially from the ages that the bloody parents are giving it to them these days it's just incredible you see even a bloody one or two year old in a freaking stroller now with the bloody tablet or something right right on it you know it's just bloody incredible let alone the radiation and the bloody problems that it's creating with their natural energy fields as well man 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 i don't know about the future but it's um yeah it's really turning us into a um, a state of neurosis for sure become very superficial you know like models instagram models and you know fans only or only fans or whatever it's called and all this sort of stuff <laughs> it's all about being young and beautiful and once you get to a certain age well it's all over and uh it's a very very superficial society and everything we experience is really superficial it's all about sensationalism you know you, you need looking for something that's going to gratify your senses and give you pleasure you know every minute of the day you know, every minute of the day, dopamine addiction. You know, people on their cell phones all the time. Every time a little event happens on your cell phone, it releases dopamine into your body. It's a little little pleasure thing that you get from it. And you're doing this all the time, all day, when you're involved with computers and stuff. So you're looking for instantaneous gratification in every moment of your day. And if you're not getting that every 10 seconds, then you become bored. Now, people's attention spans have gone down to smaller than a goldfish now. At five seconds, people's attention span. Goldfish is like eight seconds. That that used to be the shortest attention span on Earth was a goldfish. Eight second attention span. Human beings are now down to five second attention spans. Now all the flashing of stuff on video clips, the clip changes every five seconds into something else, and it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So there's no no focus. There's no thought on anything. It's just instantaneous gratification, and then on to the next thing. And that's what people have been taught to believe. That's what our kids have been brought up on. Yeah. You know, from giving these kids cell phones from now, like one or two years old, just to shut them up, give them an iPad. It's a bit like shows, you know, like the best way to do shows are virtually 15 minutes these days, you know, or half an hour at the most. Because people look at, say, when I do mine, I've heard it many a times, two hours, how am I going to listen? It's like a breakdown, you know, like, how am I going to listen to all that? And I'm like, well, break it in the quarters, pause it. Go do what you got to do and go back and listen later. Just look at it as four different shows. I don't know. But it's overwhelming to people. That's just the weird thing about it. If I'd have done four half-an-hour shows, oh, everything's fine. But I've done a, a two-hour show. Oh, it's, it's like a, a, a split-second breakdown. It's really weird. I've, I've noticed that with a lot of people, um, not just in 
physical, but I mean even just more on talking to people online. Yeah, it's just amazing how the brain works like that. An iPad to play with and become instantly addicted to dopamine and look at look at what our societies have become because of this. Yeah, so and even when people are outside, if, it, if they've been wearing masks on top of masks, I wanted to, what do, what do you think about this? Let's say when I went to Anarchapoco, I was, pneumonia. it really was like the best two weeks Bacteria of my life interacting like for a long time since the Rona was creating because I was interacting with like-minded people that are aware that know what's going on. Let's say I go out to uh, an event and uh, it's not for a purpose. Let's say, let's say I just go out. Well, the mask is just creating bacterial pneumonia. They've shown you in Petri dishes after half an hour wearing one of these things, let alone it's a psychological thing, guys. I mean, if a virus is as small as they say that it is, it'd be like trying to stop mosquitoes in a chicken wire. It's pretty much just how ridiculous it is wearing one of these things. Go out and just ch chatting with people. They're not, they're not tapped into what's going on. So I'd rather be on my phone. So that there's a good, you know, kind of like dilemma because you're you're right. People are just locked on their phone, but there's also people are not. Even if I wanted to engage in a conversation, I don't know what kind of conversation I, I could try for sure. Does that make sense what I'm saying? That, that... Yeah, absolutely. Here's an experiment for you. Go, go in a dark room, get a torch, have a drag of a cigarette or your joint or whatever, hold it in, put your mask over, hold the candle just in front of your mask and then blow out through your mask. Just normally just breathe out. Go figure that one out. That's just smoke. Absolutely. It's, it's very difficult. But like I said, a lot of them aren't real people is probably why. It's, it's like Westworld, you know. Um, it's, it's really remarkable what's happened to the human race. I mean, in, in many ways, it's, this is a form of soul purification, what's happening. I've been saying that for a long time as well. I mean, you know, if human consciousness has reached a state of disrepair and, and spiritual bankruptcy, which, which really it has, you know, generally speaking, look at our societies, look at the war, the... the um, preoccupation with, with low-level sex and, and rough sex and just it's it's become dominant in all of our society instantaneous gratification buying the latest object getting on the latest fad all of this sort of stuff you know it's it's moved us away from what it means to be us so it's a very very they, they done a survey on the um i think it was england or australia schools of 16 year old boys and they said what do you expect on your first date with a girl and um just about, I think it was something like 90%, don't quote me on that. It was it was just about nearly every, all of them. The first thing they expect on a first date, excuse my language here, is a blowjob and anal sex. So there you go. This is how um, they brought the children down, you know. Um, I feel sickening of um, children going to school these days with these sort of mentality. I mean, this, this porn thing just has to really, really be, be nipped in the butt. Guys, it's it's disgusting what these children are allowed to see, but that's part of the degenerating the societies, bringing it all down, dividing, divide and conquer their usual goal at the very end of it all, and debauchery. It's disgusting. Very superficial societies. You go in there trying to have a conversation with someone; it's almost impossible you know, to, to talk about anything of substance with people. That's what I've been saying, like at Anakapuka and these other events. Is don't just come here and think you've made a difference by coming here. If you connect with people here, get their addresses, get their emails, get their phone numbers and form local groups in your local community where you can all get together 
and discuss stuff. So you, you meet like-minded people. There's even I've seen truth dating sites opening up and stuff, which I think is really? a great idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that you know you're actually going out and you're, you're meeting people who actually think the way wow. you do, you know. So I mean, it's an opportunity. All this stuff is an opportunity, and in a way, it's a form of soul purification. You know, if you were, like I said, we've, we've reached a point of spiritual bankruptcy that we've reached. How do you purify the, the, the overall consciousness of this reality? Where you give them the opportunity to kill themselves and get out of the picture. Yeah, take the jab. How much can we do to you? How much can we impede on your ability to be you and take control of your own bodily autonomy? You're going to let us do it. Well, you're not worth really being here for the reset. You're not really worth being here for what's going to come after because it's you people who've created all the problems through your compliance. But we're not going to kill you. We'll just let you do it to yourself. So you take the jab. Yeah, a lot of people go and do it, you know. I mean, if, if you were – I mean, I often say, you know, there's only really one of us here. We're each a thought in the mind of God. What would you do if you were God? You're pretty bored just being this omnipotent being. You'd want to shatter your consciousness. It's eight billion different fragments so you could experience duality. You could come up with all sorts of concepts and you'd put yourself in this reality and filter out those bits of those defective pieces, which is really what's going on here. Now, what's going to come through this at the other side may be totally wiped out most of humanity. They may kill 6 billion people. Who knows? We may come through this with the 500,000 or the 500 million that they want. But most of those people are going to be awake. You know, all of the people who are really awake and are really aware are not going to be complying with any of this. Even if they've got to go grey, even if they've got to go live in the mountains and sit there and watch the tidal wave come and watch the wars and watch it all burn and, and crash and die in front of them, still you're going to have an essential purity of human spirit that's going to come through the other side. I think that's a lot about what we're here to do is to help people maintain that focus so that what does come out, the other side contains that spark of, of, of beauty, that spark of divinity that exists within all of us that so many people have lost contact with. So in many ways, it's, it's a form of soul purification. Like I've, I've said so many times, you can't have any stake in the outcome. I mean, sure, I love humanity and I love people and I, I try to do what I do because I think it's important that that spark of divinity does make it through the other side. So, of course, the more people we can awaken to go through that tunnel, the better. You know, so, I mean, that, I think it needs to be done, what we're doing. I mean, we all have a, an opportunity to contribute something positive to it. But, yeah, ultimately, I won't be here. I mean, I'm 66. By the time all this is over, it'll be 2050, 2080 even. I'm not going to be here in that time. So, uh, it, it's what I can, can do for the human experience while I'm here. And um, what sort of a, a legacy I can leave behind for others, I think. I mean, I think that's the purpose of all of us. Yes. You know, to leave something behind for others, to, to try to improve the overall state of human consciousness, but also to realise that it's it's your path, it's your journey. What happens to the other people, that, that's their choice. All you can do is offer them a perspective in the hope that it helps, but ultimately it's their choice. And really what's important is what you do with your soul, what you do with your autonomy, what state your consciousness is in when you leave this realm. That's the important part. It made me think, Max, like, well... I mean, you know you're an old soul, right? Do you sense that? I guess that? so, yeah. I, I feel don't... that. Yeah. Do I mean, I, I I feel that. And I used to think like, okay, well, you get seasoned with every life. You gain consciousness. You Sometimes you're bad. Sometimes you're good. And, the you know, because I, I had a near-death experience and I heard Nothi Setom, which is know thyself. And I thought, okay, well, 
I have an opportunity in this life to break the pattern so I don't keep on coming here. Um, do you feel like, and, and they say like that the light at the end of the tunnel, I don't know if I've asked you this before, is like a mind wipe and not to go into the light. Like, have you thought about wanting to come back here? Like, I've already projected, I don't want to take all their jacks from I, I think we come back and we live the same life over really? and over again. Um, I mean, I've, I've had memories of other lives in, in different timelines, but things like deja vu, I think, are incredible. Um, like deja vu is so real. I mean, oh, my God, I've been here before and done exactly this before. I think these are confirmations that you're not – changing your path you're just doing the same old shit that you've always done when you've come here. you're messing up uh, i've noticed that since i stepped onto the path of doing what i do now which i really got forced into i mean the universe took away everything from me so that all i had left was my research once i'd gained all the skills i needed it was remarkable like um i got married i was a musician did all these sorts of things got used to being on stage playing guitar and doing all sorts of stuff um, then I got married. My wife stole all my stuff. She wouldn't let me see my son. The only way I could see my son was to log on to a game and play a game with him, which made me realize that all of these, these people uh, that I'm interacting with online are, are real people. It's not just a computer. It really gave me a sense of connection to the people I was playing with in the game. And because I wanted to do things for my son, I learned how to do Photoshop. I learned how to do video editing, uh, all the stuff that I did. I gained all the life skills I needed to be a speaker, a public speaker, and, and make videos and all the stuff that I'm doing now through my life up to that point. And then when I had every skill I needed, the universe took everything away from me. My ex-wife came back and stole all my music collection and all sorts of stuff. So I had nothing left. I was, I was almost suicidal. And all I had left was my research. And so I, I wrote a book. I sat down and spent 15 months writing a book just for the sake of it, because I wanted to put all that information out there. And then I started speaking and doing YouTube videos and blah, blah, blah. And since then, I haven't had any deja vus. I haven't had a deja vu in wow. the last 18 years since I've had a deja vu. Um, so I, can I just tell you something? That in the Pfizer documents, in the 9,000 side effects, one of them is deja vu. And when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck? Why would they, how would they even know to put deja vu? Did That's one of the side effects of the jab, deja yes. vu. Yes. Because you're on this, this just confirms what I was yes. saying to you before about how they've done this before. And they keep harvesting your soul and getting you into the mainframe. See, every time you come here, you've got an opportunity to escape the realm so you don't have to come back. I would suggest that if you're in a state of pure spiritual consciousness when you leave the realm, you won't even get the option to walk into the right light. You'll just go straight back to source. You know, and I think we have an opportunity to change the path that we're on. We come back here and we just keep messing up. You know, just, we just keep doing. We just repeating the same patterns. We've got certain preferences for for certain foods or certain alcohols or certain drugs or certain sex or whatever. We just keep going down that path and we keep corrupting ourselves along the way. We have these deja vu's. Oh yeah, been here, done this before. You're not learning anything. You're coming back and you're not learning anything. Even when you come back here and you want to know stuff, you go and ask someone and they'll tell you to do your research. Research. I want you to go search for the answer. I'll tell you to do your research because you've done it before. You came here, you asked me this question the last <coughs> time you were in your life. Like the I hope they, um, they segue onto numbers because 
I'm, it's funny he mentioned the deja vu. I'm trying to recall now. It's been many years since I I used to get it quite a lot when I was um, yeah. You know, I'm just trying to think now when the last time I bloody was that I actually had that. But one thing I did notice when you become a bit more enlightened and a bit um, out there on your thinking, so to speak, is numbers, man. So especially certain parts of the year, I just get five, 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 four, four, fours, three, three, threes all over the bloody place, you know. Two, three years ago, I had these 888s, and it was really interesting. I had this female presence. It was actually like my grandmother. And um, I looked it up in numerology, and it had something to do with that, a female energy telling you you're on the right path. And I thought that was fascinating. And that was about the time I really started to feel that enlightenment sort of inside me and um, perspective on things that just aren't quite what we're told and all that sort of thing. You know, it's hard for me to put it in a complete terminology. But um, you know when you're going through that experience. And um, for some reason, just about all, if not most, um, go through this number sequence thing. It's, um, it was gets to the point sometimes you just don't even want to look at the clock. <laughs> It's just like, oh, no, there it is again. You know what I mean? Uh, it's so, so unreal. Yeah, it's just something that's real bizarre. But I get it strong in certain months of the year. It's just really weird, really just prominent. It's just like, ah, <laughs> it drives you bloody insane. A bit like the movie The Number 23, if anyone's seen Teachers that. Teachers <laughs> at school, they're just NPCs. They're the same NPCs, the same robot, the program people that you asked the questions of last time. So they're not going to tell you to go search. Oh, it's you again. Research, research, you know. And, and I think we have an opportunity to change all that. And that's what I think all the deja vus are about. But like I said, I haven't had a deja vu in 18 years <clears> since, <throat> I, since I, I went on to this part. Well, I remember, well, I've got a couple in the room before I forget. Tonight, you know whether you, you know if you know your stargaze a bit, which I do, this is something really peculiar, okay? Now, we know that the moon's been next to Neptune for the last... Uh, probably at least a month, say. Neptune has been right to the left of the moon, okay? You know, the last two, maybe three nights I've been looking out, the flicking moon ain't even there. Now, the weird thing about it, I was even last night, I'm putting my head, I haven't been out to the east, but it was just be like, how could it even be that far away even if it was all right? So it was about three or four o'clock this morning, I'm looking out, oh, it was amazing, the, um, the stars, it was so clear. I mean, this is perfectly clear night, so it's not a, matter of a cloud situation, all right? And, every, you know, it was just really, really one of the best nights I've seen for a long time. There's Neptune, there's all the stars, the, you know, the dipper and all that. And I said to myself again, there's no freaking moon. I put my head right, right out, look at nor nor'east, no moon in sight. Like even in the UK, you could say, yeah, it's just gone out 30 degrees here and there or whatever, you know. And then I went on to this... I got, the weird thing about it was one of the second things I looked at, I'm going to bring it up on my show later, actually, um, after this, a bit later. It's only a short clip, but he, he he confirmed it. He said he's done it with certain people around the world, and he's noticed the last two days there's been no freaking moon. Now, if you stay in mind, if you're up after midnight or something, or you know, you, you know pretty much every night where the moon is, have a bit of an experiment and just check it out tonight, guys. I'd be interested to hear if anyone can actually see the bloody moon, what country you're in. And, I mean, this is in several different countries as well. So I don't know what's going on there. It just seems really odd when I'm thinking that, and then I've got someone else posted something about it in video format about the same thing today. I'm like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Don't know. 
Don't know. Might be an explanation to it. I don't know, guys, but it's pretty freaking weird stuff to me. Especially where it should be, and it ain't freaking there. <laughs> ah, so perhaps that, that speaks for something, you know? Yeah, I like that theory, and it, and it also confirms <clears throat> what you just Do I feel time's moving? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Not only me, I've even heard my son say the same thing, which is really weird for that age group. Usually time's very slow when you're about that age. Usually they say the older you get, the quicker it sort of feels. But I know many, many, well, quite a few people that have mentioned exactly the same thing. I think they call it in the Mayan calendar, the quickening. I think they call that. You stared because when I saw the deja vu, I'm like, Things will what speed is up. that about? Mm. Such a strange... uh, I didn't know that one. That's, uh, yeah, that's I'll have to also. I tweeted about it a long time ago when I... That's an interesting little tidbit, that one. When when um, you visited RKX, did you have a good time? Did did you guys like compare notes and like how was a little that? Bit. I mean, he's an interesting character. He's a really interesting character. Obviously, a very very checkered past. Uh, he gets a lot of flack for that. No, you know, he did he did twenty six years in jail for it. And when he told me the story, he didn't actually do anything wrong. Right. He was hippie driving a car and he was young and stupid and he was under age anyway. He was a minor. He shouldn't right. have gone to jail. But, um, mm -hmm. That's just Texas law for you, you know. But he's an interesting character. I, I said to him, because I said to him, well, maybe it's Providence that you went to jail. And he said, oh, no, we did we did a crime. And when I was in there, I wasn't very compliant because you've got one choice in jail is to, is to bend over when they tell you to or to stand up for yourself. And he's the type of guy who always stood up for himself. So he's, he's like... Eight-year sentence turned into a ten-year sentence, turned into a fifteen-year sentence. He ended up doing twenty-six years in jail because he wouldn't back down to people. He had to be a tough guy to survive, you know. But then it's interesting with a mind like he's got that he went in there and um, suddenly had access to all these old libraries and all these old books. And we had someone with a mind like his had access to those books and brought that information out to us. So you know, that's just the way the universe works, I guess. But I mean, I have no problem at all with Jason. He's always been very kind to me. He's always been very supportive of me. So been very, very hospitable. Uh, brings me to his house, uh, feeds me. He's been a, he's been a lovely guy. So I don't have a problem with him at all. I can understand why some people do. They see the whole aggravated assault and the whole thing, and they read the, no, the police reports, but they don't actually look into the whole story of how it all went down. You know? But people grow, and you need to forgive. And it's like if someone yeah. does their time. And, and just if you've got a problem with him, okay, we'll have a problem with him. But look at the information that he's presenting. Yeah, it's I, pretty compelling information, a lot of it, you know. And, and we don't we don't need to throw out the baby with the bathwater. As far as, like, you know, the way the universe works, like, in this time where we're watching the Ministry of Truth vaporizing reality and books and online, you have this guy that is a scribe. It's like the character in Game of Thrones that is in charge of the library. We need people like that. I mean, I was, <clears throat> I haven't interviewed him yet. I would like to, but, and I was following him before he got huge. I was just very impressed. And I was also at a time looking at, is this a simulation? Has this reset happened over and over again? Like I was living in St. Augustine, which is the oldest uh, city in the country. And it has a star fort and the energy there, when you go downtown, it's like, there's a pirate vibe and a, and a colonial, there's all these different vibes. And I felt like when they reset, for some reason, there were like gaps and this 
town is still remnant of all these different um, kind of Westworld resets. Could so, be, could be. I mean, he says we have one about every like 138 years, I think is the, that might be, I think it's 138, 128, I think one, it's 124, no? No, well, I think it's 100, 138 years or something like that. I mean, I, I could have the number wrong, but he says that we have them quite regularly. And uh, interesting, it's an interesting concept. Um, he's saying we're due for another one in 2040. That's when the next reset's going to be, whatever it will be. He calls it a Phoenix event. He says it's some sort of a celestial event. Something happens, there's fire in the sky and blah, blah, blah. Well, could it be a, um, social flare, um, a solar flare? Well, it could be, but you know, is the Earth what they tell us it is? Is another question with all that. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I did all of this stuff in the '90s. I looked at all the different concepts for the Earth, whether it's whether it's round, whether it's hollow, whether it's flat, whether it's concave, whether it's a hologram. Now, now I've reached a bit of a problem here because I don't like to break um, things that I've said. But what's happened here is that um, Max is going to go for two hours. All right. He's only at 45 minutes, and I can see, because I can't see the overall timestamp, but I can see on the where it's at, he's got, it's definitely going to go for two hours. It's nearly halfway, so he's about 45 minutes into it. So what I'll do, because I really wanted to have an open line with you, and um, I want to respect my word. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play Max for another 15 minutes, and um, I'll cut him off clean on the hour. We'll have a bit of a yarn and see how long that goes for the, that will bring me to an hour and 15 minutes, so we'll have a good 45 minutes left if anyone wants to bring in and um, have a bit of a yarn about anything. And then um, <clears throat> I'll make a part two of this. Sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> I'll make a um, part two of this and do exactly the same thing on the next one. I'll give him another hour. And then, um, yeah, yeah, so uh, because I'll be ranting, it's taken it an extra 15 minutes here and there. Okay, so we'll do this for another 15. We'll give us a good 45 minutes, guys. Be a bit patient with me and, um, yeah, just hang around and we'll have definitely a call in on the hour. And I'll restart Max from where I ended on the next one. I'll continue after this one and do the same thing on the next one. Sounds bloody like a plan to me, guys. All right, so I'll catch this for a yarn in about 15 minutes. You know, I looked at all this stuff in the 90s before we even had Windows properly. You know, I used to go and get oh, DOS readouts and stuff from the library and get it all printed up and take it home and read all these redacted documents and all sorts of stuff. I've got a, a folder at home in, in my bookshelf in Australia, which is like probably three or four folders of those binder folders that you get wow. and um, on, on all of different concepts for the earth. And I figured out back in the 90s that no model works. You can get like 95% of the way on all of them and then you, you find a problem. You know, so you, you can't completely prove whether the Earth is round, whether it's flat, whether it's hollow, whether it's holographic, whether it's concave, whatever whatever it is, you know. And I figured out back then that the, the only reason these questions even exist is because we're not free, because obviously information is so controlled. We don't have access to all those old books. They've gotten rid of them. Any books that were worth anything were taken into the Vatican Library and hidden from us. So we need to establish freedom. Then we won't have to argue about what this realm is. We won't have to argue about what we are because we'll, we'll have all the information at our fingertips. And everything this society has done, even a lot of the research people do, they've got our particular rabbit holes and it's done to divide them. I said in my very first film, The Big Picture, back in 2008, 
but the best way to conceal a, a real conspiracy is to create a conspiracy culture around it so that everything becomes a conspiracy so people can't see the, the forest for the trees and they throw the baby out with the bathwater every time. And every time information is released, if there's a leak of something important is released, they don't try to cover it up. They'll just embellish it to the point that it becomes unbelievable. You know, and then people throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know. You know, there'd be something come out about some some government corruption thing, you know, and suddenly before you know it, the guy reporting it saying his mother was an alien, you know. So, you know, yeah, so it just discredits the whole thing, you know, and it all, it, that's the way they do it. They embellish information to the point that they discredit the information. That's kind of how I feel about this uh, Derek Chauvin. You know, he, I'm sure you heard he got, he got shanked and uh, the FBI informant, he was an FBI informant, Max. Okay. The guy who stabbed Derek Chauvin. This is the whole George Floyd thing. I mean, right, of course right. they have to... Yeah, they made they made it ridiculous. Um, he pled not guilty, and they said that he did it in, in a symbolic gesture on Black Friday to commemorate. He's he's a Mexican, um, either Croatian or Czech. Like that's that's your point of like it's become it's ridiculous. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just what they do. I mean, they, they make it to the point that it becomes this ridiculous conspiracy and people can't see the forest with the trees. They can't see the thread that runs through the middle of it because there's all of this noise around the outside. That's what's happened to the so-called truth movement in the last five or six years, anyway, the last 10 years, really. It's become so noisy with so much stuff. Everything's fake now. People put out all these, these videos saying, oh, there's nobody dying in Gaza. They moved everybody out of Gaza. They relocated them. There's no war going on there. These are just all CGI buildings collapsing and crisis actors with rubber babies. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable, you know. So Israel's able to get away with this massacre and these war crimes and this genocide, and people are arguing over whether it's real or not. I've got friends on the ground in Gaza. It's it's very real what's going on in Gaza. and uh, But this is what it's become. You know, whenever there's a mass shooting, it's the first thing people do is argue over whether it was real or not, whether it was crisis actors or not. They don't look at the big picture. What's the shooting going to be used for? How is government going to use this shooting to take away more of your rights and introduce more legislation and surveillance to repress you? Because that's what it's about. When any of these shootings happen, it's never government people. They're going to shoot up a shoot up school children or school up, shoot up something that's going to pull on your heartstrings. Never the people who've created the problem. Well, I'm really pissed off with the government, so I'm going to go and shoot up a school. What's that all about? Why don't you go and shoot up the government building? No, they don't do that. The government uses that to, to move you where they want to move you to. You know? and, and all people do is argue about whether it was real or not. It's right, and they become episodes in the news, and it's distraction, like you're saying, a lot of people in the, in the truth movement, and they're not necessarily giving you the full truth. They're giving you 80%, and it becomes a lampoon. It becomes... A caricature of what the essence or the truth is. And Even the term the truth movement is a loaded term because no one knows what the truth is. That's the truth that no one will admit. You know, we've all been lied to on every single aspect of everything. And the more you learn, the more you realize how little you actually know. Because it, it's just That's ridiculous right. what's going on That's here. So even said. the term the truth movement is a loaded term. Because nobody knows what the real truth is. There's certain truths, sure, that we know. There's some things that are true and some things that aren't sure. But we will adopt beliefs. Okay, this is, is true. This is what is, is. And I'm going to adopt everything and adapt everything that I hear now according to that truth that this is. And really, you might be, you might be completely wrong. You don't know.
So Absolute. it really should be the freedom movement. Like I was saying, I mean, I, I can prove the earth is whatever shape you want it is. You tell me who, the, who you want to believe is in control, whether you want to believe it's the Jesuits or the Jews or the Freemasons or aliens or a secret society that lives underground or, or whatever. You tell me what you want to believe. Give me yeah. two days. I'll put together a presentation to prove to you that you are completely correct. But it doesn't matter what, what you choose. I can put together a presentation to prove to you that you're correct. Because all the information's out there. You can go down any rabbit hole you want. And you can you can prove it that it exists, you know. But you've got to ignore other stuff. But like I said, it depends on what you want to believe. So what we need to do, even the truth movement, it should be the freedom <coughs> movement. Huh, that's interesting you said that in the room. Ep episode equals epi is Latin for shallow. And and sods is for souls. Yeah, come in. Wait, wait. Yeah, come in. Just wait a sec. Epi. So so it's like when someone has an episode. Oh, he's having an episode. It's a shallow soul, which would make sense in that terminology. Let's establish the freedom yeah. to find out what the truth is, because once we establish freedom, the truth awesome. will become self-evident. We're too busy arguing over our belief system. We're just ridiculous. In. You know, it really is, and it's it's Thanks, been Mark. contrived and it's been designed to be that way. It frustrates me enormously that people can't see this. You know, they're always arguing about what they believe is true. And if you believe a different thing from me, well, you're a shill. And then we fight with each other, and the system just goes careening on. And before we know, oh shit, I got a smart card, and I'm living in a surveillance system with drones all around me. You know, how did that happen? You know, because you weren't paying attention. You know, and that, that's what a lot of the truth movement, unfortunately, is doing. You know. Oh, as you say that, I'm like, I ended up in South Beach in a smart city, me of all people, from the jungle to a, to a smart city. Um, are you living in a smart city? They're putting all that in around you, are they? I'm in South Beach, and I mean, I like it that, you know, I, I injured my knee, so I literally couldn't walk, and uh, I, I had to have a, a base, so I, I gave up my place in Costa Rica for now. And yeah, here it's a smart city. There's... Uh, there's um, cameras on the boardwalk every couple of feet. It's definitely a smart city. Of course, we need them there to protect you. There's so much violence out there in the street these days, and there's so many shops being smashed and all this sort of stuff. You know, why do you think they're letting all this happen? Well, they, they changed all the laws, so people just go in and bash up shops now, and people report them, and they just don't do anything. They don't arrest them. You know, and they come back and do it again. So all the shops will end up closing down. And they need surveillance. They need digital ID. They need locks on all the cabinets and stores and all this sort of stuff. All yeah. being done for the same reason. Oh, need to get out of there. You don't want to be staying in smart too long. I was the other day. I was like, oh my god! If something, if there's an, an MP, like some attack, the lights go out. I'm a single woman here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I have to. You know, I had to walk again, and now I'm going to Mexico. And uh, I don't think they'll get away with it in Mexico. I mean, they might try, but I don't think they no, will. No, I'm People going to. I, I can't wait to go to Mexico. I don't think well, they'll do it in Mexico. I, I don't think they'll be able to. I mean, the people are too rebellious here. If the government does too much that they don't like, and they push too hard, the people kill them. You know, and I kind of like that. Um, I think we need more of that. <laughs> See, that's the whole problem with our society is that we. we never grow up we need parents all the time and the government becomes our parents and yeah you know, we just do what we're told all the time and we never take responsibility for ourselves even even when people see all the problems they just go wow well, yeah it's terrible someone should fix it not me i'm just going to sit here and i'll wait for you know Maryam to send me the newsletter that she's fixed it i'll hold her coat for her while she goes and fixes the world for me and uh i'll send her five bucks a month and it's all good you know i'm, I'm doing 
You know? And sure, great, support people, but, but get involved yourself. Be a shining light in your community. Be all that you can be. Realise that you don't need parents. Just learn mm-hmm. how to say no. It's a, it's a wonderful word. But like I said, I don't think they'll get away with a lot of it here in, uh, in Mexico. They may try. They may push it, get it away to a certain degree, but if it gets too much out of Okay, guys, he's got about six and a half minutes until the hour, so I'm going to take it out to that, and, yeah, then we'll have an open line. Oh, that starts taking too many rights away from people. Actually, I might just put a quick minute break on so I can just go and do a couple of things and then, um, yeah, get resettled. I just won't let them. I mean, you see some of the cars that are driving around here and some of the stuff that people do. I mean, it's stuff you never get away with in the West. But it's all fine here. Nobody cares, you know. Well, the guy next door to where I was living, did I tell you the story of the swimming pool where, where you came to the bar last time? Yeah, no, tell me. The bar where I had where you came to, that bar, that that esplanade finished there at the bar because there's a swimming pool right there yeah. at, at the yeah. end of it. Well, a couple of years ago, the guy was, like, he had a restaurant and all of the restaurants in that area are on one side of the road and they go across the road and they got beach access as well. It's usually the same place, owning both places. The guy next to us, there was nobody across the road, no restaurant across the road. And he's looking at the road and he thought, this is a perfect size for a swimming pool. So he got a backhoe in and he dug up the esplanade and put in a swimming pool. <laughs> That's the way. And the council came along and said, oh, I guess we need to change the road map now. <laughs> that was the only thing that happened. He didn't get in any trouble for it. Nobody cares. That Good luck this, doing that here. You know? And the wow. guy next door said to him, well, I guess there's no point someone driving around a corner and only being able to drive one car length. So he put one in as well. You know, So now the guy's able to extend his restaurant across to the beach put all these palapas over there and now he's got a restaurant four times the size of what he had with the pool in the middle <laughs> you know nobody cares that's just the way it is you know that's mexico i like that yeah yeah and when i was in bonfil i felt very safe i felt like at least in that little place i felt like the rona regime didn't didn't hit there and it, it had a, a great vibe yeah i think they're more anarchist and and very family oriented Mexico. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people wearing masks and a lot of people complied and there's a lot of um, shops that cities, were right? without masks and stuff in Mexico, but it was a personal choice. There were no government mandates, so you had to do this. So you, know, you didn't need any jabs or any, any PCR tests or anything to enter the country. Um, when I applied for residency here, um, they said to me, have you ever asked, overstayed your visa before? And I said, no. And they said, well, why did you this time? And I said, well, because I heard about this residency plan. And they said, well, why don't you want to go back to Australia? And I said, because I don't want to take the jab. And they went, oh, approved, straight away. Really? Straight away. You know? awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because, oh, you don't want to take the jab? Yeah, no worries. <laughs> you know? so, we'll take the anti-vaxxers. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was really good. I mean, that's the attitude here. You know, the, the government, I mean, even the street, the street I live on is, is called Revolution Avenue. I was in uh, Mexico City the other day. One of the main streets in Mexico City is called Insurrection Street. You know, I mean, I like this. I like that. Um, this is the attitude of the country. You know. Do you feel like you're more settled in Mexico? Because when I, you know, you still had a obviously a desire to go back back home. You haven't gone back, right? Yet. I haven't gone. I've been meaning to. I just haven't had a chance to. I haven't had an opportunity to. I was going to go back there around about June or July. But I found out that my, my actual place I was staying in isn't really available anymore. It's been turned into a print shop. So uh, oh. I can't really go back and stay there. I could have stayed on the property in a, in a tambo we've got there, but it's got no windows and it's the middle of winter and I'm coming from Mexico and I'd, I'd freeze, you know. So 
I had planned to go back there around about now, but uh, with an Acapulco, and well, there's, there's been fires and flood. Like the place where I was living there in Australia now has had, I spoke to my landlord the other day, it had no electricity for a week and no internet for two months because of the floods and fires and all the stuff that's going on in southeast Queensland. So they're really hitting the people there as well. But I do intend to go back. I'll go back there sometime later this year, I would say. I've got to go to, to Europe. I'm getting all over to Europe in March. I've got a bunch of speaking dates in Croatia. Awesome. Oh, wow. So uh, I've got to do that. But then uh, I'll be back here March, April, probably April. I'll be back April or May. I'll be back here in Mexico. And then hopefully around September, October, I'll be able to go back to Australia for a month or two. And I've got so much stuff there I need to work out and clean. I've got like a whole house full of stuff in my landlord's shed. I mean, I've really got to go and sort all this stuff out. So, Do you think you'd go back and, and say, I want, to, I want to stay in the place I... Well, I love the place. You know, when it gets time for me to move on, I think uh, I'd like to die on Australian soil. Because it's where my, my my soul's connected to that place. I, mean, I think we are connected to where we were born. Mm. Um, and uh, I would like to go back there. I'm going to do, I do love the place. I love the country itself. I love the land. I love the, the feeling that I get from the place. There's a certain ancient energy in Australia, like just so old and so wise, some of the hills and some of the mountains. And it, it's just an amazing country. So, um, I am I am deeply connected to it. But I want to go back there at least for a couple of weeks or a month anyway, just to sort all my shit out and get it, you know, so my landlord's got his shed back. And he's great. I mean, he's he's the most one of the kindest, most most genuine people you'll ever meet, this guy. And uh, he's been wonderful just letting me leave it all there. But he warned me that, hey, look, it's it's a print shop now and it's uh, it's full of chemicals. You, you don't want to stay there. It smells like uh, it smells like a print shop. So. Yeah, w welcome to the room, mate. Yeah, this is two days ago. He's, I'm just, I didn't realise how long it went for, so it looks like it's just going to go for just under two hours. I'm just about, I've got one minute and I'm at the hour mark, so what I'm going to do, which brings me into an hour and 15 into the show, which will give me 45 minutes if anyone wants to call in. I'm sure um, all hands will, for one. And um, But I'm just going to finish this for a minute, have a, a quick minute, minute and a half um, break while I just get some things together and find my bloody headphones that have fallen down the back near my bed. And then we'll, we'll have an open line and then I'll replay Max after I finish this episode and do the same thing on the next one. Yeah, that's where we're at. He's um, interviewed by Mariam Hennon. Now, I didn't see the name. I'll put that in the text as well later when I publish this. Uh, probably come up about 20 minutes from the start. Yeah, this was just a couple of days ago. So um, I'm not actually sure where she's from. Um, she did mention a, a jurisdiction, but I'm not sure what country that's in. So, you know, yeah. No, I, I would not want to be near a um, chemical place. I just wonder if you, if how it would, like, I haven't been to Montreal. Probably. But you're still on Turtle Island. You're still on that soil. You're still on that country. The border is just a right, fictitious right. thing. Right. You know, America, Canada, as Alaska, it's still Turtle It's all Turtle Island. You well, know, there you go. She just said it. the one place. It's the one country. When I, when I, she go, said, I think she just said Montreal. The only thing that's different is people are different. Europe, just missed it. The soil feels the same. Hey, welcome to the room. So it's like that with Australia. It's a big place. But, um, yeah, I mean... Montreal to, to Miami, 
yeah, it's all the, it's all the one thing. It's like Europe, you know. It's just Europe. Okay, just Europe. Fifty nine and forty. I can pick that up right on my one hour and fifteen that I said. Ah oh, man, ah oh, you're getting good, Oz. You're getting bloody good. Now if I can put that down without deleting it, that'll help for the next episode. And if I can go in here carefully, careful. It's like it's like rocket science sometimes here, just trying to um get a thing going here. Um, I just can't answer your call at the minute, man. I'm just going to... Um... All right, let's put some something funny on about Mr. Alex Jones, and and then we'll... um Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Quick break while I go find these headphones, boil the cuppa, two minutes, and we'll I'll come That's back and we'll have a call in. Simple things pointing out that we're meant to be in nature and be natural, and this is where we find the source that God made to transcend the new world order. That's why they want to try to keep us out of it. I'm who's put this one together <clears throat> um it's actually alex jones like that made it look like he's singing it <laughs> it's quite well done myself together here. I was watching Fox News I worked out this morning. <laughs> that was good timing. Just poured. All right, guys, I'll get my headphones on. We're going to call in. Come on down. <laughs> get your lucky ticket ready. <laughs> Oh, and this thing's all tangled up. Come here. All right. Let's see how we go here. Let's see how we go here. Oh, put that in there. All good. Coming through. Test, test. Good stuff. 
Test, test. Osman. Hey, coming through nice and clear. Wonderful. How are you? You sound so tremendous, bro. Yeah, I'm still in that good place, mate. Still in that good place. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have really noticed something in your tone, your frequency, and your resonance. You have gone through some form of transformation. What was it? Uh, it's hard to what explain. What has happened to you? It's so positive. <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's amazing, I... dude, to hear you now. Uh, I mean, I've always loved you. I've always yeah. thought you were super intelligent and entertaining. But now you are very much on point and something's happened with you. What is it? Well, for the first thing is that 99% of the times when I was on here before this week, I was pissed pretty much. So that's the uh, one big change. Right. So that's probably that's definitely the noticeable thing that's happened for me lately. Okay, so you knocked off the booze. Yep. After pretty solid every day, year and a half. Yeah, I've had my struggles with alcohol as well, and I'm um I'm knocking it off too. It it, it was time. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uplifting alone but, to for me as a person to be proud of myself. I guess you could call it. Oh, and 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 brother it's just this show was bullseye after bullseye after bullseye um these things that we were it's just like it feels like i'm home when i'm with with when i'm listening to this program tonight and everyone that you had on and the things that were being spoken of four years ago i was trying to raise awareness and my family almost had me committed they thought I was yeah. absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah, it can happen. Yeah. Unfortunately, it can happen. Yeah. I mean, when, when you start getting into a lot of these, um, this information. My wife too. divorced me over this. Yeah. She called it the crazy. She goes, I can't talk. I can't take the crazy talk anymore. Yeah. So sometimes we do dig our own grave once we start. Um, noticing these truths because we do get a little bit over. Um, you want to scream from the zealous, <laughs> yeah, overzealous. I mean, you'll be at a five-year-old birthday party. Little... And you'll be sitting there talking about uh, these sort no. of issues, that sort of thing. And which I in America <laughs> we call it we call it needing to slow our roll. <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> it's a bit like when you wake and, up and in the morning. And that's wisdom. Yeah. You know, I might have been smart, but when this shit was coming at me. And I was starting to connect the dots, and it was happening so fucking fast. And plus, you know, I'm labeled as bipolar with rapid cycling, PTSD. I'm ex-Special Ops Air Force. You know, I mean, how many labels do you need before, you know, they just want to medicate the fuck out of you? I hate the VA. And your family, they, they were ready to put me away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I had I did not have a leg to stand on. Looking back, do you think that you might have been a little bit overzealous about it all too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I it came so quickly. Every, the visions I was having, everything that I saw coming four years ago, everything that we're talking about tonight, I'm just I'm just laying back, listening and smiling and going, <laughs> I'm not fucking crazy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Listen it is to these intelligent, intelligent, well-spoken individuals that are talking about the things that I was trying to tell people 
I thought I was going to save the planet. And instead, God, they wanted to sedate me and lock me up. Yeah, well, that's what I like sharing and talking about the things I do. All right, all right, there might be six out of ten that thinks I'm completely mad or there's something not right, but there's always that one or two that you get, you know, that go, oh, I'm not mad or oh, someone else sees it the way I see it. And that's comforting, man. It is when you right. hear other people, you know. Well, like I've, I've had some, I've, I've, you know, I, I hang out with a lot of Vietnam veterans because those are the guys that trained me in the military. And they, they pulled me aside and they said, you know, Jeff, you're, you're, you're stupid smart. You are probably one of the smartest guys out there, but you're not wise. And you need to slow your roll. And that's why you're having trouble with people in society. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to wake up. Yeah. And as much as you want to bring awareness to them, you're not going about it the right way. So um, I'm learning. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm, I think I'm just going to shut up for a while for like 90 days. I'm going to I'm going to be signing off. And uh, you're, you're probably here. You're going in about seven days, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, taking off. Yeah. And uh, I'll be back great. in 90. I'll be back in 90, and uh, I'll be with veterans, and uh, we're getting our shit together. And uh, we're coming back because we just want to be prepared if this shit goes sideways in our country. Um, you know, I'm, I'm worried, you know, is uh, there going to be World War Three? Is uh, there going to be World War Three? Well, I'll tell you what. It's looking like we might have a civil war in, our, in America. Yeah, that's right. Hey, keep going, big chief. Welcome, mate. Yeah, um, do you have anyone that's going with you that's married or has a spouse or anything like that, or you're all single blokes? Oh, uh, all, all of us are single. We've all mm. been divorced. Okay, I was going to say to make it hard if you're, if you're yeah, married. Yeah, we've all been labeled. We've all been labeled. We've all been labeled with. We've all been labeled with PTSD, and you know they've all tried to shove pills down our throats, and you know I wouldn't take the vaccine, and the reason I wouldn't take it is you know being an Air Force Special Ops and being a special operator, I had to have shots every freaking time I turned around. I was having to take a shot yeah. or pills. And it was because they called it worldwide immunization. I had to be inoculated for any place in the world. And our motto in First Sal at Herbert Field, First Special Operations Wing, was anytime, any place. And it was a magic lantern with smoke coming out of it. <laughs> and if you've studied anything about symbols, well, that was a symbol. <laughs> and that whole thing about anytime, any place, magic lantern. Yeah. And we did, and everything we did, we did under the cover of darkness. Everything was done at night. And, and it was said, done very, very, very quiet. You said Everywhere you we went was places we were not officially supposed to be. And, and it you was said, run by a said, certain three-letter agency, if you, you know, can guess which one that is. You were saying before in the chat, you jumped, what, 37,000 feet, and you thought that the Earth was flat. 36. Those are known as halos. You have to wear thermals, oxygen masks. Um, anything over 20,000. I mean, dude, the fr- I think it's anything over 20,000. You've got to do that or 22,000 or something, isn't it? You want to get geared up? Yeah, we, we 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 were we were coming in at uh, you know mid thirties, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, um, it's pretty high, man. Just, well, yeah, that's so you don't get detected. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the aircraft. So anyway, um, yeah, but do you realize um, you've got to get stabilized when when you jump from that height and that air I could speed? I imagine, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and, if, and, and that's the thing. Like and when you're going through training, uh, your, your training master, your jump master, you, as soon as you get yourself stabilized, he'll come in and knock the shit out of you to see if you can restabilize. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, I've got an extra 100 pounds on me that I've got to take to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Welcome then, you, you know, you, you reach a thing called terminal velocity. Hey, good day, good day. Hey, mate. Yeah. Welcome. That's when you get the bends, isn't it? What they call it when you pass out when you're in a plane when you go up What's too that? high. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to when you're coming up from scuba diving too fast. Is that the sort of thing? High hypoxia, do they call it? Oh, something? the bends? Yeah. The yeah. bends? What's the name yeah. of it? Yeah. When you get yeah, air bubbles yeah, or something. Yeah. We in the had brain. to wear, you know, we, we, at that height, you have to wear thermals and you have, you have an oxygen mask on. Absolutely. Mm. But, um, but what I was saying is from that height, the earth does look flat. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. And uh, I was on a show, this guy, Douglas, and I love him. He's an Indiana guy, too. But he had ladies night on, and he kicked me off because they brought up the flat earth you know, thing. And I said, you, Mother Earth's flat? Well, she sure has some nice mountains. <laughs> Didn't like the sense of humor, and right? he kicked me off for that. <laughs> Said that was disrespectful to ladies' a, night. Yeah, he's a host, isn't he? Yeah, because I've seen a guy called Douglas. Yeah, yeah he likes to have ladies' night because he's a bachelor, and I uh, think a he's... bit of a Casanova, is he? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, ladies yeah. Night. Yeah, well, good luck to him. Yeah, well, he's trying to be. You know what I mean? Whatever. Mm. I, I can see right through his bullshit. No, there's nothing, yeah, nothing wrong it, with that, though. If lady's single on that. I know, I know. No matter what platform, really. But I think he has a little bit of an ulterior motive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. people, yeah. I'm but seriously, I, what I really wanted to call in and say is, you sound so tremendous, brother. And you sound so focused and and I just love the topics that you're having because these are things that, you know, I've been deep diving and digging, you know, for a long time now. And to hear, to hear you and your other guests, and it's just like, I'm not fucking crazy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's good confirmation, man. It puts you in a better place for sure. That's what I say to people. Okay, it might be, but everyone picks their own, you know, their own place. Well, I just and, wanted to thank you, and, it, and I, I really, really wanted you to know how good you sound. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you guys that make it too for me, you know. So it works on both ways, you know. I Keep it up, man. Yeah, keep I will. it up. Bring the awareness, man. Keep it up. You've got the gift, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I hope that more people gravitate to your show and you bring awareness to them. And, you know, 
we can't shove this shit down their throats. It doesn't work. You know, take it from me. That was probably how I was screwing up in the beginning because I was just, you know, kind of freaking out when I was connecting the dots. Yeah. Have, but, have, uh, Jeff, have you met Big Chief before next to you? On the, Big Chief? Yeah, he's I up love on the him. Panel. Yeah, love him. oh, that's right. You've been in there when I have. Yeah, that's right. Hey, up, oh, all the time, man. Yeah, he's. Can, can he's we give super him a bit cool. of a? Can we give him a bit of a voice for a minute and just see what he's got to say or add anything to what we've talked about? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, thank you. I just tuned in, but uh, I just woke up. Honestly, it's three thirty in the morning. I seen you were on. I just wanted to ask you real quick, guys, if you had a chance to check my email if, if you received it. I seen it two days ago, mate. I didn't realize it was there. So I'm going to contact him in the next, um, within a week and organize something. Yeah. I've just been sorting out some stuff I'm a bit busy with. So it's, That's I will right. contact him. Okay. Though. Yeah. Thanks. I really appreciate that link. Yeah. I got, I got more guests. I got more guests that I got, line, I can line up for you if you want. But I don't want to bring on my show because you're more professional than me. Is he, is he, uh, what he's talking about, Jeff, is, um, the music guru. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, I'm, what was, was the name again? I'm sorry. Music. Is that how he goes, um, Big Chief? No, cons- conspiracy cons- Music Guru, a.k.a. Flat Earth Man. Uh, yeah, he's an uh, independent artist from Spain. He's from oh, Spain. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm familiar. I'll check him out. Yeah. Um, so, And he was a, he's approachable if I email him. No worries there. Yeah, he's approachable. If you use the word interview, he doesn't like that. He, he told me he doesn't do interviews. I'll just have a yarn. I said that, uh, yeah, if like you pick a couple songs maybe and talk about his music, I think is what he wants to do is like promote his music. But That's what maybe I want to do. Yeah. You, if you can use that to get an interview. Yeah, I'll just say that. I'd love to, pro- I enjoy your work. I'd love for you to come on and have a yarn and promote your um your, your music and um yeah, anything else you'd like to promote and ideas or anything you'd yeah. like to do. Yeah, I, yeah, that's how yeah, I would just approach don't use him the anyway. Word interview. No, I don't use that yeah. word anyway. Yeah, I don't like that word either, really. <laughs> I'd rather yeah. just come on and have a yard. Yeah, I don't like that formal sort of interview. Just hey. like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm the same. It's funny that I'm exactly. Can I say hi to Chief real quick? Oh, go for it. Have a yarn between each other. I'm fine. I can sit back for a second. Go for it. Just for a second. Hey, Chief, man, it is so good to see that you're on this show. Thank you. And I hope your show continues to grow as well. You know how much I enjoy being on your show and the stuff we've talked about. So it is so neat to see that you're now with Ozman on this show. Uh, That's just super cool, man. I'm just, I'm like, I'm like beaming. I'm smiling so hard right now. (laughs) We're all family on an island, a planet of misfit humans, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, misfit toys. The outcasts. Yeah. (laughs) The castaways. We're the aliens on this planet, it feels like. But but, but the the damn thing about it is, and and this is where I'm going to try and become more wise than smart, is. Try to find the right tone, frequency, and pitch, and the right people to engage. And not try to cram it down their throat or tell them they're stupid if they don't know about this. It's just try to find an angle in if they're curious enough to offer them the ability to consider it. And just it, and that's how you open a door for someone. Gentle, as, gentle as a dove and as wise as a serpent, they say, isn't it? Yeah. 
<laughs> and then there's the then there's the Oculus, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'll shut up now. Oh, you're right. We're gonna all talk and bounce things off each other. That's good. Do you have anything else? Yeah. Do you want that or anything to say, Big Chief? No, not really. Like I said, I'm not really awake right now. I'm just finishing up a cigarette as I just woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning. We've known each other just for a listen. good three years, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's uh, 4.09 here, and I'm getting ready to go have a cigarette as well. You're yeah. just waking up. Big three years is done. Yeah. yeah, I'd say it'd be a good, at least three years. Yeah, and I've learned a lot from you. I'm glad you, when we first met, you told me about the Apocrypha because that really helped me stay on this journey that I've been on. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing just getting into those sort of extra scriptures that are there that are actually even mentioned in the scriptures that are there. So <laughs> that's the funny thing about it. Yeah. A lot of them are already mentioned in the scriptures and people surely would be scratching their head, what are these books that they're talking about here? <laughs> Where are they? I think the Ethiopian's about the only one. The Ethiopian Bible's got most of the Apocrypha in it. One of yeah, the episodes, one of the shows you had, Osman, that just kind of knocked my socks off is how much you knew about Hebrew and the Bible and how you were translating it and reading from it. And I, and I, I can, do you remember what episode that was? Is that something I can go nah, back and listen to again? I, I do that here and there anyway. I'm not really 100% which one because ah, I sort of, crap. sometimes I do that here and there. So, yeah, I'm not really sure, mate, at all. I put out that much this last year. It's just, I'm up to over a thousand bloody episodes now. But that's other stuff. I put in documentaries as but, well. You know, Big Chief and I, we, we talk about, you know, the um, possibility of extraterrestrials and, you know, being abducted and uh, whether some are actually from here or they're interdimensional or they're from outer space or whatever. Yeah. But, um, the Big, wasn't it? The book of Ezekiel that has a lot in it, Chief? Yeah, that's one I like to point out to people that just read the the common King James and the, the New Testaments. Is they want to look for extraterrestrials in the Bible. Yeah, Ezekiel is the one I like to show them. Yeah, so I started, I started reading that today, and then I got sidetracked, so I got to get back after it. And it just opens right up from the beginning, right out of the gate with... Yeah, I noticed that. And then I had to help a couple guys out that needed rides, and I just haven't gotten back to it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get back on Ezekiel. I uh, if, if you're on Telegram, it, it, I can you're send right. you all the books as right. well. I've got, all, I've got that many books in my library, whatever book you can think of just about I've got. And um, I've got the whole Apocrypha in PDF form, but I can only send it through Telegram, I think, because of the size of it. Well, and on the 16th, I'm going off grid, yeah, well, no electronics, no nothing. Yeah, that's fair enough. So, um, on the 16th? Yeah. Of January? Yeah. Yeah, I'm hooking up with some uh, all ex-military guys. Um, a lot of them were special forces. I was a special operator, so... We're going to go see what we got left in the tank, you know. We're going to go test our skills. Um, most of us are in our mid-40s to mid-50s, and we still think that we can kick ass and don't let the gray hair fool you. Hell yeah. My birthday's the 16th, man. It's cool. You're going to leave Really? Yeah. Well, You're 49. In case I forget, may you have a blessed, happy birthday. And you be safe out there and, and be Anniversary. 
Be the positive. It's actually a birthday anniversary, right? Yeah, it's a birthday anniversary. That's right. How many years young are you going to be? 49. Oh, man. You're just shy of the 50s, which are nifty. Mm -hmm. Significant years for for sure. Yeah. Seven Um, every seven year cycle. Seven, 14, 21, 29. Yeah. Yeah, February 21st, I'll turn 56. Are you using Jamatra eyes? Yes, I am. I can't help myself. (laughs) 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 Well, they say you change every seven years, and the 49 I found was a very significant year for me of change and, yeah, getting things in perspective. Well, how how many years young are you, Oz, man? I'm 52. Ah, so I'm the old dude here? Don't know, mate. What are you? Must be. I turn 56 next month on the 21st. Yep, you're the old dude. <laughs> I'm the old dude. But I got all my hair, and the women say it's a beautiful silver color. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm what's known as a, they call me the silver fox. Yeah, whatever. I can tell you that. <laughs> whatever. To be honest <laughs> with you. I was married for 20 years, and before I got married, I had plenty of action, okay? Mm -hmm. I had more ass than a toilet seat. Anyway, but I stayed true to my wife, and after 20 years, coming out into this world now, women scare the absolute dog piss out of me. I mean, they got way too too much power, and I don't trust them. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm just I'm just fine being celibate right now. I'm gonna stay out. Um, <laughs> I'm playing it safe. No, I'm just fine staying celibate. I, I mean, uh, yeah, really. M- when I get back 90 <laughs> days from this retreat thing, um, mom's gonna let me uh, finish up my cabin on the property. You know, 40 acres that I grew up on, yeah. and I'm getting a dog first before i get a girlfriend what sort of dog you gotta get <laughs> have you got it in mind do you know a certain breed that you like um I, dude i always go to shelters and i always find something awesome in a shelter always okay so you haven't um, got like anything like a ridgeback border collie but, you know nothing in particular that you're really looking at you know, well um you know i would love to find a shepherd Bel- uh belgian malnoy mix they're high energy, highly intelligent, nice. yeah. and very loyal, and also bad fucking ass. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I would like. But uh, the dog I lost last year at 17 years old, his name was Odie. He was half Basset Hound and half Jack Russell. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so he was bipolar like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect match, right? He could match be, made in heaven. He could be he could be manic as hell like yeah. me, or we could, or we could just lay around and do nothing all and day. Say the dogs, <laughs> the animals represent their own. There's a lot of truth in that. I tell you. Oh, he was he was so smart. He and I could look in each other's eyes, and I swear it was telepathic. Mm-hmm. And Jack Russell, he, did you say? Oh no. Friend that had a Jack Russell one, and that Jack was Russell. He like was a, he was half he was half Jack Russell, yeah. half Basset Hound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I don't know about the Basset Hounds. So yep. I don't know much about them. 
intelligence wise, but they're, uh, they're fairly just they're, casual. Oh, basset hounds are very intelligent. So mm-hmm. you've got, he, I mean, he was off the charts. I mean, <laughs> they say the smartest of dogs are as smart as a seven year old child. So when I lost him at 17, because that's a good innings, seven, nine, yeah. Well, he had more time. It's just that my ex-wife came home from work and found him uh, in distress, and he was getting sick. So she rushed him to the vet. They did an X-ray, and they thought he had some sort of intestinal blockage. Oh, yeah. So they put him under the ether for for surgery. You don't put a dog that old under the ether. They have a tendency not to wake the fuck up. Yeah. yeah and he true. didn't. Yeah. And I was so pissed off. Oh, man. I bet. Because I'm that's, sorry, the beauty. that's the beauty of having crossbreeds. They can last you know, 17, 18 years where the purebreds, you know, some of them just about 10 to maybe 12. My brother my brother has that big black mastiff. What are those called? Bull mastiff. He just got another one. Yeah. Bull mastiff. The only problem with those big breeds is they don't live very long. The bigger no. the dog, the shorter the lifespan. Also, when you're purebreds, like I had border collies most of my life, and they don't live around 10, 11 years old. Pure yeah, and, and a lot of the purebreds are too interbred, and they get a lot of hip dysplasia and That's right too. other yeah. types of cancers and, yeah, shepherds, and stuff. Shepherds get that a lot. Um, yeah, I've known my partner, ex partner, she had shepherds. That, and that, that's and that kind of, hip dysplasia, whatever they that's, call it. That's why I kind of like to go to the shelters. That's mm. where I've always gotten my dogs, you know, because they're mutts, you know? Yeah. We got about um, 15 years out of a cross um, border collie reachback. That was a really intelligent dog. Probably one of the, one of the smartest yeah. dogs I had. Yeah, well, that was very smart. I've got an 18 year old dog that I get to see tomorrow again, which uh, my ex wife still has, my Ellie Mae. Mm-hmm. Um,. <sighs> She was bred by the Amish. She's part border collie, shepherd, and something else. I don't know. But I got her out of a shelter, too. Yeah. And uh, what they told me at the shelter was that she was thrown from a van. Because um, you know, a brown van. And the Amish will get someone to drive them around in vans. And... She hates bicycles. Whenever I would, whenever all the kids in the neighborhood wanted to come up and pet my dogs, they would. I kept having to tell them, "Don't run up here on bikes," because Ellie May hates bicycles. Yeah, yeah, and I know, and the Amish ride a lot of bicycles. Okay, so I know that's why they threw her out. And the, there were people driving that picked her up and took her to the shelter, and then I found her there and. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because I nicknamed her. Well, Odie was my scout, and I called Ellie May my princess warrior because she's she's a badass girl. Mm-hmm. Eighteen years old now. Wow! And that's, uh, cool. that's a good. Round, and, it, huh? and if you have you guys met the girl named Ellie that's on a few of the from shows? Iran? Yeah, from Iran. Yeah, in Australia. Nice yeah, girl. yeah. Well, what's funny is she told me that Ellie means princess warrior. <laughs> I didn't know that. True. But I named I named Ellie Ellie May from Ellie May from the Beverly Hillbillies. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a flashback. And and I called her my princess warrior, and I had no idea that's what Ellie meant. 
Yeah, right. It, it's just, that's that synchronicity yeah. kind of, you know what I mean? I never heard of that. Coincidental. Yeah, yeah there's no, co- there's no coincidence. So anyway, hey, I'm going to run outside and have a cigarette and I'm going to lose signal when I do. Okay, so I'm going to rejoin you guys here in a minute. And, and thanks again. And seriously, Oz, man, one more time. You sound fantastic. Your show is just kicking butt, man. I think it's going to grow and grow and grow. This and week. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try and share it and, and I'm going to try and get a hold of some people on some other platforms that I know. Yeah. And I'm going to tell them they need to come to your show, man. Well, without blowing my, because you, yeah, without blowing my, you got it though. going on, brother. Oh, you got some. it going on. And you too, chief, you too, chief. I'm going right. to, I'm going to try and get people to check your show out too. Yeah, thanks, Giddy. I don't do much content anymore, just music and just wait for somebody wants to talk about aliens, but I'm no Joe well, we've Rogan. we've done bro. that. We've done that, <laughs> and uh, I got one more week before I go dark, so. Okay. I just like having a place where people can come and they feel safe just to talk about their experiences. If there was more people in there, they might not feel as open, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I see your point yeah. there. Yeah. But I appreciate it. Yeah, but you got kind of a you've got a peaceful, easy nature, dude. I think they might be okay. They might. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm gonna go grab my cigarette, and okay. uh, I'll pick you guys back up in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. No worries. Okay, I'll catch you when you All get right. back. Hey, thanks. Thanks hey. a lot for letting me uh, run my mouth. No, no worries. <laughs> no, 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 no problem at all. I was just going to say right. before you go without blowing with Trump, you mentioned about popularity on that. I have never, uh, probably the most I've ever had was about 160 downloads in one night, you know, um, 24 hours. This week, um, about five five days ago, I reckon, I had 314 freaking downloads in one night. And today, mm-hmm, today it's over, I think it was 346 downloads in one Dude, night. Dude, you've, you've more than doubled. Yeah. It's just this Dude, last it's, I'm like, is this the same Oz, man? Since I've changed, yeah, man. Like, people must be liking it. I mean, word must God. be getting around. Dude, you went through a transformation, bro. Well, it's mainly just getting rid of the grog, mate, and that's changed because, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, obviously, you, people like it, you know. So. You, went through, you also went through a transformation. You oh, are just. Yeah, I, I, I went quiet there for a little bit because I was a bit worried because I get a bit flat and I just don't have much confidence when I do it because I'm used to drinking and ah, carrying on like an idiot, you know, and F this and blah, 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 you know, and I thought, uh Well, I kind of had fun with that Yeah, too, I know, with you. but it's not very becoming, you know. You don't know how many episodes I've just deleted nah, and I nah, wake nah. up the you next need, morning, you, you know. You, you need to stay, please stay on this path. Yeah. This, yeah, this, path, becomes, this be. path becomes you. Yeah. Um. This so path that's why. becomes, and I've noticed a change in my numbers too. So okay, because I thought oh, I'm going to be too flat now, you know, because I'm not the same old. But now I'm finding myself. I'm actually I can still laugh. I can still pull out a funny God. joke. I'm just me, just being spontaneous. So it's still me there. It's just and that I'm you not fr- dribbling. You freaking and, yeah. doubled your downloads, exactly, man! You yeah. doubled so your download. Happening. Yeah, build it, build it, and they will come. Congratulations! I'm very happy for you. All right, man. All right, enjoy All right. your ciggy. All right. Yeah, I'll catch you soon. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey, Big Chief, I've been meaning to ask you. I'll come across this one. I remember I've seen it ages ago. 
Do you remember the um the craft that was from the Black Knight satellite? Do you, does that ring a bell to you? Yeah, it does. I heard it return and it brought some friends. What was that? I heard it's returned and it brought friends. What do you mean by that? They say it's came back. I oh. mean, it left. left oh. and they say it left, but now it's back again and it brought friends is what they're saying. I'm not, that's all I've heard about it so far. Because oh, I, I come across one today and um, I'm pretty sure it's the same one I seen a while ago, but this is the... And it's actually titled the clearest UFA footage ever taken. And this thing, this craft, they've even got it like right up. I mean, like de- pretty detailed, eh? Like no blurs or anything. It's a bit blurry from the distance, but it's actually, I just realized it's it's on YouTube. So you could probably um, have a look. That might be the new one you're talking about, but this is really, really clear, man. Like you can see it. Like, yeah, when it comes right up to the, the satellite, it, it's right pretty much over the top of it, you know, right there. And it's sort of spinning around as it moves. That's the one I'm, I'm talking about. It looks like like a bat, a bit like something Batman would have if he had a spacecraft. <laughs> it's quite hey, a for you. How you doing? Hey, for yeah, that's the, that's the same kind of shape ship that they found on the dark side of the moon with that, that woman in it, the black woman in a sarcophagus like stasis chamber that they brought back to Earth. That was the oh, Apollo... Yeah. 20, 21 missions. Oh, no, I forgot the shape of the craft. So it was sort of a, a bat sort of shaped craft, was it? Not like bat shape, but it was like elongated. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was more like a cigar UFO, that one. Or Yeah. yeah. Real elongated. It looked like a big, long, just a meteor is what they were thinking. But the way it behaves, it doesn't behave like a meteor, is it? No, no. I seen a big compilation on cigar UFOs um, yesterday, and it's quite yeah, it's quite a lot of footage on the old cigar ones. Um, I'm a bit sus on some of these triangle ones. I think that they're military. The one with the red dot. Have you seen that one? There's been a couple of sightings of that one around. Yeah, I've got a feeling that that's here. Like that's actually a government um, craft. I don't know what made me tick onto that the other day. Just looking more into the that one. Yeah, it's, it's an obvious one. It's got a red dot and a pretty much circle in the middle of it that glows a bit. So that one's a bit sus for humans. That's the thing. It's a matter of discerning between the two, you know, and where are they actually coming from. And that other one, did you see the one that looked like a bloody, um, like a squid that was just going through the air fairly fast? Just really good footage of that. And it went out to the ocean. Um, yeah, they could only see it with the infrared lenses and yeah, it flew right by one, a couple man. of people and shit. Yeah, that was a trip. They followed it for miles. Yeah, those are the things. Now, what if those are the things that are always there around us that we just can't see all the time? And that's what's effect, being affected by, I mean, is it actual life form or is it a craft? Because it was going white and black, hot, you know what I mean? It was changing. That was almost sort of like a biological sort of thing to me i got that feeling like it was nearly sort of no i had a, had a bi- biological feeling to me because then it went into the ocean i think they said 20 minutes later it shot straight out of the ocean and then went on a 45 degree angle and just shot off they didn't catch that footage though they captured quite a lot of it actually i got it on here i was watching but then they lost it after it went so far but the other people that i witnessed it without a camera said they seen it go into the ocean and then 20 minutes later, it shot up out of the ocean and then just took off on a 45-degree angle, like, real fast. 
very, very weird. I couldn't imagine having infrared glasses for the first time, lenses, and being in Vietnam and seeing things like that all around you when you're in Vietnam. Oh, yeah, I brought that up on another one again on the show, a couple of shows back about that, yeah, the where they seen these demons flying around and they started shooting at it and that, yeah. Shooting at them. Yeah, they had to cancel them, didn't they? They got rid of those those glasses for that reason. They were freaking out, yeah. these creatures. It's pretty weird for people to realize that these things are always around them all the time and you can't see them. I mean, who knows what's around me right here in New York State? You know, who knows? Even you in, in Australia, is there something like that for you? I mean, well, who knows what's right I'd next like to, to you right now? Who knows what's standing right yeah. next to you right now, really? I mean, Jesus Christ, don't do that to me, eyes. It's 4 <laughs> 30 in the morning. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> you know what I've been doing lately? I look real quick to my right and I go, I know you're like I just done that. I know you're there. I can see you. And I look back because I'm thinking if something is actually there, I think it'll freak them out. You know what I mean? Because they, they, they like freaking us out. I thought I'd freak them out for a change. So I do that now just for shits and giggles. <laughs> I've been doing the same thing, actually. <clears throat> and hopefully I don't, my family don't hear me and think I'm going That's crazy. That's what I was just going to say. As long as they don't hear me or see me. <laughs> I know I'm seeing something walk through the room. I see you. <laughs> But I, I'm like freaking the spirits out just there. It's like, I see. I know you're looking at me and they're like, how does bloody hell is this guy see us? <laughs> if they were yeah. there, that is, of course. Yeah. Uh, little things you do when you're bloody on your own and bloody going a little bit insane, I guess. <laughs> you gotta. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, you gotta. Hey, I was wondering if you got the blue goggles, will you see angels? That'd be an interesting one. They say the red ones, you see the demons fly. And imagine that if you had goggles that you could see the angel entities. That'd be pretty trippy. Yeah. The good ones. That'd be great. Yeah. The wars in heaven, whoosh, you know, and all this sort of crazy stuff. You know, there was. You know, one, I was thinking. You go for it. The, uh, the orbs people see orbs and they're different sizes and in religious pictures they show like a, a ring around not like a halo over their head but a ring around the head of people in ancient pictures that's right yeah and i don't know i was i was starting to think there may be a connection between these orbs and how they put this ring around their head because they talk about these beings appearing to them as light mm. and then communicate mm. with them the, the ring could be a visible um, connotation of like um, Saturn. Like the orb could probably produce that in some sort of ultraviolet light of sorts, or it could express itself like that. That might explain the ring phenomena. Like the orbs inside the yeah. ring, but you don't necessarily see the ring. So, and the way it would sit above the head and the size of orbs that I've seen, um, I would gather that would that could make sense why people have got that ring. Like, what other what other reason would you have a ring, the halo, so to speak? It's a very popular thing. Where that'd be actually that would be a really interesting study, um, a, a show about that. Halos in in past paintings and and meanings and reasons why through history, and how because how we get it today. If anyone's a nice little good person, even on the the Jamojos, whatever Mojos on here, you see oh the little the little ring upon the head. You know where did that actually originate, and, and what's the story behind the ring on the head? I mean, we hear about in the Bible the fire yeah. from the Holy Spirit. That was a fire, though, not a ring. <clears throat> a flame, I mean. <clears throat> yeah, like a flame upon their heads. And they were um, started talking in tongues or whatever it was in that scripture. So, but where does the actual halo come from? That would be a fascinating study, actually. 
that's that's it. That's on my list. Homework tonight. <laughs> I always there give myself go. homework. <laughs> See, I'm glad I can help you keep busy. Yeah, I've got to put on a show. Um, well, I don't have to, but I'm I'm doing a new one on another platform, and um, it's this one's about the Cabbage Patch Kids. So that's going to be an interesting one. I'm going to start compiling tomorrow together, and um, but that goes off pretty quick from the Cabbage Patch to the um, the trains and Tataria and all that. You know, it's a big rabbit hole, actually. Yeah. Um, the orphans. Is Sorry. Okay. Yeah. The orphan train. Yeah, yeah. I was just, just somebody brought that up. It was a week or two ago. Somebody brought that up in one of these podcasts. They asked about it if I heard about it. Yeah. It's like, no, I never thought yeah. about it that way. That the cabbage patch kid, patch kids were actual kids, and they're part of the human trafficking shit. Yeah, and it goes back to the um. Oh, there's a lot. I won't give too much away for the show, but um, yeah, it's going to be a, a good one, and um something that's it's very hard for me to put together because most of it's in video format and um i mean i'm not just going to sit there presenting it for an hour or however long it takes me to present it if i can't you know um i like to read stuff i don't want it's nice to me just sitting here and playing like one of them goes is really good but it goes for an hour i mean i can't just do that on the show i could probably take notes and present it that way and then put a little time stamp on the video maybe on that one alone but just that one thing I've just got so much I want to try and put into at least an hour presentation. And then, because I know I like to have the audience and everyone come in, because the room gets quite a few people in there. And then they can all discuss it after that. So, yeah, yeah, that's the way I like to roll and have people just butt in while I'm trying to present something. I think that works out really good. That's why I'm enjoying doing my shows now. I just present it for an hour and then I'll have an hour or foot, maybe just over. And then I have a good hour or 45 minutes having a yarn like this. I'm really enjoying that. I've just started this recently. And I really like the way it works out because then I get all my shit off my chest. I get to present my thing for the hour. And then I said to people, just take notes during it because there's so many different things I bring up. I don't like to play long clips anymore. If anything's too long now, I'll just present it as a bloody documentary or a show on my uh, transcript or turn it into audio. And then I'll present it as just a thing. If it's a, over 20 minutes, for instance, I'm not going to just sit there for 20 minutes now and do all that. I'd rather play, you know, little five, up to five minutes, maybe six at the most of clips or things and then move on to the next one. Like yesterday, I had a couple that are about four or five minutes and then I had one minute once, just boom, 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 and then some reading in between. And that works. That's working out really good, and I got a good vibe for it. Like I really actually feel that it's ah, finally, after all these years, I'm getting a bit of a bit of structure, and and it's working out how I want it to work out. 